Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. What's up, TRP Nation? Today, we're in the field for a very special episode. We're reporting live from the Suzanne Roberts Theater in the heart of Center City, Philadelphia on the Avenue of the Arts. We are joined by none other than author, actor, playwright, and producer Brad Baker to discuss his upcoming stage play, Till Death Do Us Part, that will be taking over this building from September 14th to September 17th. He's got an all-star cast. We're going to cover everything leading up to this huge production, his history, what it got him interested in you know, the arts and everything like that. And uh, I just want to start by saying welcome to the show, Brad. Thank you for coming today. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. I got to get you to introduce me more often. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'll blow everybody away, uh, yeah. Pauls, uh, with, the, with the intros, <laughs> man. We had a crazy one uh, yesterday with Tone Trump. And he was just like, you just made the album. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, I'm about to put this on the front of the dock when we put this one together. <laughs> I, I got to make sure that, uh, you know, whenever I'm bringing somebody on the platform that, you know, we setting them up properly and introducing them and letting people know the full credentials and exactly why they here uh you know we don't just allow any and everybody you know on the platform um because you know we have a very specific uh diverse audience that's looking for knowledge they're looking to be entertained they're looking for you know dynamic human stories and you absolutely fit the bill so you know what what better way than to introduce you to our audience um, again, because you did, yeah. you know, sponsor the live show. Thank you for that. Uh-huh, no um, gave away four sets of VIP tickets. Everybody's been made whole with that. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, the TRP Nation thanks you for that, man. Thank and um, you. but you know, now it's time for us to tell your story today. And um, like I alluded to, we have a pretty big, diverse audience. Tell all the people out there about yourself, your upbringing, and, and you know what it's like being from the Philly area. Just growing up, man, um, I really didn't I really didn't know what I really wanted to do. Like uh, went to college, went to Westchester. That's where I, I met you and we kind of like started to build our friendship. I was up there playing football and trying to figure out life. And then um, one day I got out of uh, once I got out of college, I was taking all odd end jobs and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I end up um, end up uh, meeting this girl. So we was in the club and uh, the guys, my friends was with me. I don't even think he was with me that night, but somebody was with me. And this girl walked up to me and was like, yo, I, I think you should be in a movie. And they're like, oh, she trying to bag you. Like, she trying to bag I was like, I don't know. So she ended up getting me in it. And I ended up being like in a short film and I got the acting bug. And I was like, dang, I like this a little bit. So then I start acting a little bit more. And then one of my homies came up to me and was like, yo, why don't you try to write? And I was like, I ain't no writer. Like, I'm good with numbers. Like, I really don't know what to talk about. Right. He's like, yo, if you can't, if you can't act, if you can't nobody cast you or nothing, you might as well, you know. Write your own stuff and put yourself in your own stuff. So Punch I'm your like, own ticket. So I'm like, I tried. So I wrote my first official play. I wrote Twisted, uh, Her Life is Secret. And then once I wrote that, 
I was like, all right, I like it. But my director was like, came up to me, Walter the Shield, shout out to Walt. He was like, uh, you ever think about uh, going to script writing class, AKA telling me like, yeah, this need to like- uh, You need to tighten this, this up. Need to tighten this up. <laughs> so I was like, no, but I'm gonna try. So then I'm going to Temple, took four classes, and then I found out how to actually do it. And it made the process so much easier to do this. Like yeah. I could do this, this stage play stuff and script writing in my, in my sleep. But that's pretty much how I kind of got on with it. I was like, and then after that, I went on to fast rewind back. What got me into theater was I got, after I got my first role acting, I ended up um, going out for a, a, a role in the theater. Uh, shout out to Brittany Williams. She gave me a, a, a role in one of her uh, shows. I think it's called Black Diamond. I got paid 1500 for it. But I went out there initially, when I went out there to do the role, um, I was just trying to go there and make my mom happy. I was just trying to get a role like, what's up? How you doing? Cool. I'm off stage, whatever. <laughs> I ended up getting the lead role. And I was like, damn, I love this energy of our crowd, yeah. uh, that specific. So I was like, damn, what can I do? And I was just trying to figure out the process of like, you yeah. know, how I wanted to go about it. But once I went back to school and learned how to script write, I was like, oh, I got it. I started yeah. doing my research about the theater, seeing how, what, where, what the money looked like, what the, you know, what the ins and outs looked like. And once I started researching, I was like, oh, yeah. Tyler is retiring, Medea. Oh yeah, I'm coming right in and perfect way to yeah. fill that void. You know what I mean? In, in, in an era right now, um, you know, where like Tubi movies are dominating and going viral, and um, a lot of different, you know, forms of content, podcasts, uh, shorts, skits, and things like that. How important was it for you to 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 educate yourself and go back and get a real foundation of script writing so that your narratives could stand out from all this other stuff that's out it, there. It was so important because like knowing what I know as far as like the structure of writing and getting everything done, I watch, I can look at someone's script and or I can watch something to see all the technicalities that could make this possibly better. Exactly. So that gives me an edge on it because I, I actually have the the man hours in, of, of actually doing it where I kind of know the ins and outs of it. So when you see a 2B movie, I cringe sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. I seen a post the other day, like there's there's 2B movies and there's movies on 2B, which is like, yeah, no, you know what I'm saying? Majority <laughs> of it is, is 2B movies. Yeah, yeah, about um, 80, 20. And, and no disrespect to that, because there's, there's a niche for that, you know what I mean? And I know how hard that process is to even shoot a movie. So shout out to them, because I know how complicated it is. But for me, I kind of want like, I got a different angle and view on how I want things to go because I, I really am really good at the playwright and I understand our people and things like that. Yeah. I've been afforded opportunities to be in writing rooms with an FX and soon to come with HBO. So I got a lot of stuff yeah. that I've been around with people that actually know the ins and outs. So, but knowing that gives me a, a really good edge, especially with my audience anyway. Yeah. For people that don't know, how different is the discipline of being a playwright and a play producer versus being in a writing room for like a movie or a TV show, whatever, like how different is it in terms of the prep um, that goes into it and then also the difference of the final product of how it's displayed to people? So writing rooms is way better when you got creatives in there that know what they doing and Hollywood been doing it for a while. So it's easier to collectively bounce an idea amongst each other to figure it out, right? Because really writing is we're telling a story, but there's a problem solving, right? We have a conflict, right? The, the, the adage of it is, is introduce, like to script writing 101 is uh, introduce some people, is act one is introduce you into it, introduce your cast, get them in some shit is act two and get them out of some shit is act three. And knowing that, when you got people that's um, 
when you have specific people in the room that know that, you can pretty much, if we ain't here trying to figure something out, it's easier. But as far as me as playwright, I got to figure that all out. Yeah. I had a co-writer this time, Sheena Gates. We originally wrote this piece together. And um, when we were writing it, when we finished it, it felt like, why did I get married too? And it didn't really like feel like this. So I, we ended up scrapping this and then I end up, she moved to Atlanta and ended up coming back here and kind of like trying to figure it out. She's kind of like helped me afar. I really got into this script and kind of like rewrote everything and kind of like get us to till death do us part the actual story which is the sequel to my last show gotcha what lessons what lessons have you learned on this journey from your first play to now the journey is tough because you're in an industry where it a lot of, I, I never got a lot of help, so I lost a lot of money. Like, I probably lost, not probably, I can tell you how much I lost. I lost $116,379.37 of trying to build this to right now. Down to the penny. Down to the penny, just figuring it out. Because I would ask people for information on how to actually do it, and I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. Like, as far as, like, I knew how to produce a show but like how do I get people in the building am I overpaying for this and overpaying that so the difference between now and then is I know the knowledge now so now I have the equip where everything is like real strict it look it look easy how I make it look easy but yeah. now it's, it's a real tight ship on how I run this as far as like being organized having a team in place knowing that I can't do it all I wish I could but in a, in a realm of something like trying to do something impossible you got to have people around you that are capable or believe you and want to do the impossible things with you. And that's how I start bringing my team on. And yeah. you know how it is. Once you sow an idea, you know, and you really put it out in the atmosphere and you manifest it, people start latching on to it. And it's like, hey, I can help you with this. And it might be little, hey, I can make the flyers. Hey, I can do this. Hey, I can do that. Hey, I know how to build the set. And it, and it start rolling like that from yeah. there. How important is delegation to being the best leader that you can be? It, it's, it's super important. Like any business owner, and I'm really business, business first, you have to be able to delegate because you can't do it all by yourself, right? And part of being a good leader is being able to say, hey, I'm not going to do it all because you want to be accurate and you feel like you can do everything because you know that you're going to do it right. But the trust is in your team. Like one of my things is people don't really know is I write the script. I sit down with my team and we discuss. I'll say, hey, in scene one, I wanted this. Scene two, I go through it. And I don't know what the show looked like until y'all see the show. Gotcha. And that's how much trust and delegation that I have and my team to kind of know where I can take that stress of me not knowing of how the show is going to turn out, where I know I have a, a set professional hands of people that are going to take care of as if it was theirs. Yeah. So. We have an a, a audience that's really knowledge seeking. So with that in mind, talk to us about your role as the playwright, the producer, the leader, but then also all of those subsequent roles that bring this together that's going to give us the stage play September mm -hmm. 14th to the 17th. So my role initially right i'm the creator of this right so i come through and i have the big idea of like this grand old idea saying hey i want to do a show and then once i go through the 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 process of writing the script and breaking down is at a point of where um i like it from the setting to the characters and stuff because these things change all the time as i'm writing every time I, a script is never done like if i go in this, if i go in that script right now i probably would edit it right now that's coming up next week yeah but um it takes a while so it's a process to it. So I kind of, I build it out from say no. So it's like a writing process, the creative process, right? What do I do to get inspired to write this, right? Who am I going to write this about? 
what am I, what story do I want to tell to the audience that's going to like resonate with them in some type of way where we not just shucking and jiving kind of like bad mouth and black men, black women. I, don't, I just don't, I don't think that's conducive to the growth of black people or in general. So I kind of make sense of that. But as far as, um, that's concerned. Once I get a role in that, I start to get people in position. Okay. Who can, who can build this kind of set for me? Right. Who can I get to direct this that can bring my vision to light? And then I start vetting people and start interviewing people. And then once I get those aligned then we all get together and then we start doing audition processes yeah. and then, then we got to do a marketing plan. All right. How are we going to get these people? We got this great show, right? So how do I get people get in the building? Cause I know once I get you in here, right, it's like a sale. I know once I get you in the building, that's a retention sale. My sale from the retention is basically saying, hey, I seen an amazing show. Whatever they do, I'm coming back. But exactly. I have to get you here first. So, and that's the key to all of this. No matter what, this script could be terrible. This show could be terrible. But if I can sell this to the audience that this is what this is, you know, I show it is. But this show is, is yeah, it's, it's, it's well hyped. Yeah. Well deserved. You touched on something that's real important, but you kind of like glossed over it and saying what you said. How, how cognizant are you of imaging, programming, stereotypes and all of that? Being, you know, a black man, being, a, a, you know, a minority. When you're creating your art, how cognizant and mind present is that for you to not fall into certain pitfalls and like, traps when you're uh putting your product together i mean i'm, I'm I, I, I consume a lot of stuff so and i i understand a lot of things that go on in the, in the music business or how they position us and try to sometimes in the industry try to position us to make us look lower classer than what we are you know what i mean and like for me my my circle of friends that i have they all go-getters and doers like, absolutely we actually come from those environments but we are not those environments so that's the difference between it so it's my responsibility to, for the next generation or people that's involved with me to kind of like bring them abroad to kind of like show them that. So I'm really cognizant of like how I want to display it. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's several ways how you can skin a cat. And that's how I approach it. Like I can write a bunch of profanity in it and curse and, right. and do a bunch of like ratchet stuff. But like, what is this going to do? Like, you know what I mean? And I also don't want to be flat and boring either. Like, ain't nobody trying to see that. So it's like a, it's a thin line and it's a balance between it. But I, I consume a lot of stuff and like information that I need people to know. Like, that's why I always like these type of shows, like when it comes to stage plays, that's why I try to keep it. I try to meet people where they're at. Right. Right. So I'll write like, like till death do us part when I say meet people where they're at. They like comedy, they like drama. So where can I do to make a blend between it? So one of the black shows that I always love is A Different World. Kind of like gave us some structure of black people, seeing people positively going to like, um, going to college and dealing with conflict. And then uh, the other aspect of it is like Martin, right? So Martin is a hilarious staple. It's one of the most iconic shows ever created, but it's something that we resonate from 30 years from now, 20 years Watched from now. Watched it last night. You, you, you could be <laughs> Watched the DMV episode last night. <laughs> and, and the fact that I, the fact that I, it's crazy how you say that, because this show is pretty much similar to like, who stole the DVD player in the, in the, in the midst of that. But yeah. that's, that's how I try to write with the stage plays of that, right? Because there's a certain niche, right? And I kind of like did that like kind of like using the Tyler Perry like format, not so much of the, the church the church avenue of going that route, but finding that niche of people that kind of like will resonate with that. And that's pretty much it on how I got that. Yeah. Let's talk about social media um, because the social media landscape is different now than when you did your first play. Yeah, yeah. So how vital was social media this time in helping you cast a wider net to be able to find more qualified people, people and better yeah. actors and better stagehands and better whatever to make the production more robust. So social media is like, <clears throat> we're not going nowhere with social media, right? Everything is evolving. 
And that was the difference with, between getting me where I'm at today to where I was, because I really didn't understand the conglomerate of the juggernaut of what social media really has in its power to influence people, no matter what. Like for me, you, you can't trick me on some of the stuff because I kind of like see some of the ploys and some of the things and tactics that people yeah, use yeah. when it comes to the marketing stuff. But like watching social media is so important because you can touch a wide variety of audience, right? Before I used to piss money in the wind, right? I, before I used to have, my outcomes used to be that. I used to, I used to print 10,000 flyers and be everywhere posting and delivering to people where people would get a flyer and be like, uh, yeah, or pick your teeth with it, put it in your car, throw it right. on the ground. It's like, I'm not really getting the results that I can get, you know what I mean? As far as it, like guerrilla marketing of that sort, some of it works, some of it don't work, but it, it wasn't hitting. But now when you got social media, I can pretty much, I can at a tap of a button, I can get all the demographic of people who I like exactly. or who I think would enjoy my show. So I'm able to, you know, sift through and do it that way. And as far as that, people are able to see my work and then word of mouth, you know, people want to see it like, oh, I like stage. Hey, can I be a part of this? And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll vet them and I have certain people to bring them in. But you, you can you can cast a bigger net to get bigger things. Like even with my casting, like there's even with Chasing Cash last year, I had lost, I had, um, I had an actor from Atlanta that was gonna come up and do this. And um, I promise you we're in a safe place. It felt like, it felt <laughs> like the same, it looked like the same one. <laughs> yeah, like, I promise you this theater is super safe. Like, like this ain't how. We gonna cut around all of that. Yeah, yeah, it's super, <laughs> like, we got all that. Uh, but yeah, so I. Um, had an actor from Atlanta. So I had an actor from Atlanta, and um, out of nowhere he couldn't do it. So these things, it's about problem solving and really thinking on your feet and really be able to pivot, right? When something happens, not dwell in the moment. All right, what can we do to fix this and make this right? Yeah. So social media allowed me to find Pierce Williams, who I just put in the hashtag, Jersey actor, Philly actor, whatever. And I'm sifting through like 5,000 actors. I'm scrolling through because I'm like, I'm a week away from shooting my trailer. I got to get somebody in there. Nobody else knows that I'm scrambling like that. They think it's kind of cool. I'm like, all right, we're going to find it. I'm, I'm low-key panicking, but part of a leader is you got to keep calm and cool no matter what that looks like. If yeah, I'm in the gotta room, be stoic. I got to be stoic in the room. If, if there's something going on, I'm in control of this. I went through 5,000 people and actually found my star on my show because of social media. I probably would never have been able to find them if that the case. I probably didn't mess around and I would have had that come out of retirement and act again and I'm, yeah. I'm done that like for the most part <laughs> if i get into acting i'll be like the guy from marvel where it's like hey you know what i mean bit it's parts probably, yeah that's <laughs> it uh talk to us about till death do us part um let's talk about who's in the cast the runtime um what are you excited about uh you know as the producer of it uh -huh. and the brainchild yeah so till death do us part man this is a phenomenal murder mystery that y'all are in for some treats even from it like i even like to write certain things everything marketing for me is like important everything is branding like if you follow me all my logos are in a certain font so even with chasing cash it's in thriller front and red with cash is in red and this one is till death do us part in red so it's popping and i'm gonna write another play that has something in it that kind of like the 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 mantra of what our black community is always subconsciously chasing around it's cash then we basically put death in our face for whatever case may be right. reason. But for To Death Do Us Part, it's a, um, it's a really, really good piece. Um, coming up with it, I, I really felt a lot of pressure because I had a really good show previously. And it's almost like a, um, I was like a rapper that had a hot single but didn't have an album or another single to follow up with. Right. So it's like, where do you go next? 
So the pressure of that came. And then as I started to like start to trust the process of myself, we end up coming here. Um, and then as it started rolling, I got Talib that was involved, um, which is one of my good friends, um, PNB Rock manager, RIP PNB Rock. And uh, Talib does, a, he's one of the gatekeepers in Philly. He don't like when I say that, but he's one of the gatekeepers. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? He seen me and was like, y'all want to be a part of this? I want to take this to the next level. And he was like, how can I help you get here? Yeah. And I have so many relationships with um, Milan from Milano, De Rouge, where basically my first show, she sponsored the whole entire thing. So we started our journey at the same exact point. Oh, wow. And she was like, here, Brad, whatever you need, same thing, vice versa. So this time I'm like, I need a favor. I said, hey, Milan, I, I need you in the show. Like, she was like, what you need, Brad? So all right, I gave it to her and then ran that. She's like, what else you need from me? No, no, no. She ended up giving me a marketing plan and everything. And then um, I was like, yo, I want sawed in this play. Whatever we got to do to get sawed in this play, I want it. She's a, a phenomenal person, like yeah. philanthropist for the city of Philadelphia and our community. She does a lot. And I was like, yo, she, her personality is perfect for this. You know what I mean? Perfect blend that, you know, where it won't affectionately mess up her brand, but also kind of like pill for it. Because it's like the, the psych. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Ecology of this whole theater stuff is basically, you know, I got to have a celebrity in it, right? Vivica Fox. Uh, genuine or somebody in it to kind of like pill this and I kind of wanted to take the Tyler Perry route where he kind of like grassrooted and pretty much had like a specific cast we're going to do different shows yeah. and we just going to grow it that way and if you see it I do have similar cast people in it like Skeet and Jermaine are back in this stuff but even so casting but it they're was, back in a different and completely different roles yeah. than what they did for you before yeah. yep they're completely different roles for this time around so it was like I was trying to find a celebrity in this and I had a couple celebrities I'm not going to speak on it but I had a couple celebrities that were supposed to be in it and it was some unfortunate things that happened where they kept dropping off. But like I said, you always have to pivot and what's the next best move? And I was like, yeah. what better serve than have a community where I could have an all-star cast of Philadelphia, Philadelphia people, all Philadelphia cast with all the talent to display that, yo, we more than just the gun violence that is showing on TV and the actors and the rappers and things like that. Because we have a lot of good people and mm -hmm. major actors coming from this, you know what I mean? Like... Nafisa Williams, it's, it's so many different. Will Smith, Kevin Hart. Um, what's the young lady that's on uh, Abbott Elementary School? Uh, uh, Kendra Brunson. Yep. So we got her. Like, it's just amazing. People. And we had a run. She was supposed to actually be in one of my shows previously before this and Chase and Cass before she took off. Yeah. Shout out to her. Too late now. Too late now. That bag is <laughs> up. I, gotta, I need a whole other budget for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a different bag. It, it, it that. But yeah, putting the cast together and, 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 just, and just methodically knowing where I'm going with the marketing plan, how I'm going to get these yeah. people out to come see it. Because it's not, they're here to help me, to help me be a vessel to help get the word out. Like they all want to see it. Whether they experience the show or not, you know, 
they're in there for that specific reason to kind of like push this to a whole nother level where it's going to go. What made you uh, identify these, you know, dynamic people like Milan, like Saul, that are dynamic just in life period and in other ways, entrepreneurship, selling clothes, philanthropy, whatever, whatever, and say, I think they have the right temperament to do a stage play. I'm all for people that that can execute an idea from a, a small idea of something like, yo, I want to be the best cook in the city or I want to be the biggest uh, clothing brand that has ever done it. You know, what I mean, compared to everything. And those things were people that had those worth ethics are the people that I kind of want to latch to. Right. Because you are your network. You are your you, your network is your net worth. And if I don't have people around me that are that are cognizant of like their business um, and what they do and how they execute certain things, like I'm, I'm not gonna be able to grow as far as like being in a, in a space that I, where I wanna go to. So they have right. a, a, a lot of information to me that, that can help me where I don't have to add to that total of money that I've lost previously where I can say, hey, I took that test. This is what you should do to do it. This is my suggestion. You start bringing around people like that, then it starts to elevate it. Then my production value goes from initially starting my first play $16,000 budget to a 40,000 to a 50 and then now this one to like a, this one is like close to like 75,000 for this so it's a yeah. lot it's a lot involved when it comes to that you know what gives you the confidence to be able to compound these show budgets like that and put that type of financial pressure on yourself I've got this this is one of the things I, I don't like I don't lack confidence like I don't let my confidence around people's room like affect people insecurities because that usually lack it but it comes back down to you ever know something like when you know your heart of heart yeah. like this is going to work. <laughs> Talked about it at the like, live show. <laughs> you said at the live show like and you can contest to this as, as being with TRP and I've been with you since the, the incubation of when you start thinking about it. When, Before that. <laughs> and when you was like I remember the, I never forget the conversation you was like yo yo I yo cook I people call me cook yo Brad I know I know this is going to work if I do this and I do this and you just so wholeheartedly believe it's just the power of manifestation and knowing like knowing of your heart of hearts, no matter how this go, this is going to like this is going to go. This is going to take yeah. off. And that's I always live with it that way, like no matter what goes right and everything doesn't go right for me. Right. I've been in a stage where somebody go off script and, and drop the thing, but I still end up going through. But I just know like I just know it like something just resonate with me and I just know it. and I just knew like something came to me in my in my spirit was like yo you gotta get ready like this this you playing around with it you you have to get ready and yeah. I, just, I just know and I'm so confident that in, in my process and what I do I know where I'm going and I know where I'm headed regardless if nobody else in the room believes I believe it wholeheartedly yeah like there's nothing gonna do it like even before I sell a show out or anything I know before I write it like um, I see it through the end. It's like the 40 law, 48 laws of power. Like I plan to the end and I, I really know what the ending of this, this is. This is the beginning of this. Right. So I really like my, my confidence in that. I know this is going to go. This show might not be for everybody. Somebody might see the show and it's like, oh, he hyped this and it might not. And others might be like, man, this is Tyler Perry right here. But yeah. my confidence either way is not going to waver because I'm going to continue to just keep climbing because I know in my heart of heart, like this has to work. Like there's no other plan B to this. Like, right. I know this is going to work. Now I got to get the people around me that, that believe me. And now I got to find the audience that are actually going to believe me and take that ride. Similar to how you build your audience with your stuff that you got on with TP TRPA. Now you have a cult following that enjoys your content. Right. They'll follow you to the end of the earth. You know what I mean? And that's that's the type of uh, 
people that like I be around. Like I surround myself with you because I know how this works. We have conversations. We all brainstorm the time. all the time. All yeah. day. We do this all day. Yeah, we end, we we talk. We end up on the phone three, four, five hours, <laughs> stuff like that. I'm cooking or doing whatever, and it's like we still, like, oh, you know, shit. just just you know, because iron sharpens iron, man. And I right. I just have a tremendous amount of respect for you, and um and you know, blind loyalty and blind faith in your talent and, and you know what you're doing and. Um, you know, it's just one of them things where it's like, like you said, man, but belief, it starts with belief in yourself. Yeah. And, and once you believe in yourself, it makes it that much easier for people to follow you. Yeah, man. They'll tell you, like, I got a lot of stuff I work in. There's a, they'll, like, some of my staff, I had you talk, they'll tell you the legend of Brad. I had um, <laughs> one particular show I had, and we were taping the show. And for some reason, the show before, they were smoking. I'm like, oh, this live taping is going to be all that. But those things, things happen at stage. You have to remember, which is harder than film, because film, I can say, cut, yo, yeah. do that again. Ain't no cut. You, I need to raise the stakes on this. Why are you like this? I need, need this. Where do you think your character's at? Like, where do you think you're in this space? All right, get to it. Action. This is live. You got to remember, this script itself is 114 pages. So in script language, every page in script writing is one minute long. Gotcha. So they have to remember 114 pages front to back because they have to know everybody's line because everybody's line driving it. So to go back to it, I'm watching the show and we taping it, everything goes smooth. One of my actors gets confused and drops the twist right in the middle of the show. Mm. Pretty much anything going after that is pretty much like, well, what's going on to ruin it? <laughs> yeah. So he's able to get through it. Intermission, everybody panicking, what the fuck, what the fuck? I literally went back there and rewrote the entire play to make it all make sense for that. During intermission, you During went intermission, back and rewrote the play. In 15 minutes, I rewrote the entire play to make it all make sense for everybody. Boom, I said, all right, I went back there writing. They're looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm back there writing. All right, boom. Hey, when he goes on this particular scene, you're going to say this right here to drive that right here. And after he says that, you're going to say that. What are you going to say when he says that? Cool. What are you going to say? Cool. Now, when he says that, you're going to do that. And I just rolled it and I made it all, tied it all to make it make sense at the end and made it like that. And he was like, what the fuck? But that's the thing. I, I put so many hours in this. Like, I don't panic. Like, cause I'm yeah. always prepared to. I'm always prepared to do like problem solving. As a as a leader, as a a leader of people in general, you have to be able to problem solve yeah. real time. If not, the ship is gonna go down, and you ain't gonna be able to do nothing. You know what I mean? You gonna lose what you built because people gonna see you're erratic doing certain things. Yeah. But yeah, man. It's it, yeah. I got a lot of stuff like that when it comes to it. But I'm I'm really good at it. Like, probably after this, I'll go to film. After this, for sure. Hey, there's people scratching at me going to film, so I got so much. I mean, you film. you've had you know not to say who, what, when, where, or how, but you've had you know development offers for TV shows yeah. and stuff like that yeah. with big networks that you've turned down because, as a businessman, you know putting your business hat on, you inherently understand your worth. You know industry standard. You know yep. your personal calculation of what you bring to a project and all of that stuff. Uh -huh. And uh, you know, like you said, you've been in those writers' rooms and everything like that. So it's like I think it's a natural transition for you, but on your terms. Yeah, on my terms. And that's how it was. Like my first time, I got flown out. Uh, flew out. I sound like a chick. <laughs> first time I got flew out, I was like, they had me a ticket. I was like, they bought me first class. They had your name at the yeah, uh, my name <laughs> at the job. First class, pulled me up, had me in, dropped me to dropped me to an Airbnb, not a hotel. Decked out, had a came in, and he was like the utmost respect. I was like, dang, it's like almost like I'm like, how do they know me? But I went in there, and literally, they was like, show me what you got, and I went over there, just uh, just scene structure, just going in and showing what I know about scene structure and character development and stuff like that, like things that I do to pull out things. They was like, they like almost like, oh, we gotta lock him up. 
and I had networks offer me big offers. But when you know that your value, once that offer comes to you, like, okay, th th this is a low ball right here. I'm in sales. Yeah. You know what I mean, you're going to offer me the lowest point of this. You know what I mean? So I said, I'd rather ride this out and do it on my terms to be able to dictate later on so I can dictate the terms of what I, what, Absolutely. Does, what Brad Baker Productions really is and what does it look like. You know what I mean? When it comes to that. But yeah, I turned down a lot of that stuff, man. And we have conversations like that all the time. So I was like, yo, such and such came and uh, offered me. Like, you better take that. I got offered $250,000 for an idea that I just completely turned down because I was like, oh, no. And that was just like a a, a 250 and like walk away from it. Yeah, like, walk away from it. Like not even having no episodes, none of that. Just like a, the I, premise. Listen, <laughs> I ain't got 250 to walk away from. But like, yeah, just the premise of everything and just going in the room like and that's friends that friends that believe in me like just gave me a whim i'm like yo just get me in the room i can i'll do it and i got in the room with one of my good friends and i was able to pitch and it was like it, i had everybody mind was 12 people around it's already pressure people staring at you and he's just yeah. looking at you okay and go like you know what i mean tell me a joke or something <laughs> and i go in there and i tell them my plot my plan or whatever they like mind blown like we're going to talk to you at this. And then afterwards, offered me that $250,000. I went home. I told my mom. She's like, you better take that. I was like, nah. <laughs> they want two fifty. dollars This worth 10 times more than two fifty. dollars yeah. So we just going to sit this out until I figure yeah, out. Yes, it's, it's like the, uh, you know, I use two examples to kind of crystallize it. It's like the Master P example, which is I walked in the Interscope Records. Jimmy Iovine offered yep. me a million dollars off the street. Never knew me. I just played my music for him for the first time. He offered me a million dollars. Me and C get on the plane, fly back to Baton Rouge. I say, yo, I'm turning this down because if they offer me one, I'm worth 10. Mm-hmm. That was it. And that's the research that, that we do. And people don't see it because I watch people like that. Master P, P. Diddy, like when it comes to contracts and industry stuff, how to grow it. Dane Dash is probably one of my biggest influences of Same all here. that. Like, because I just, I like what he says is it's is actual 100% factual like I can't resonate with that because I'm like no no shade to nobody but I'm not really a worker bee like I gotta kind of like do my own thing and call my own shots yeah and I kind of like trust myself in those processes because I know I'm gonna make the right decisions when they need to be made you know what I mean so yeah and then the other example is that we all saw unfold in the public is the Dave Chappelle example where you make a deal based on certain terms you outperform oh, the man. deal they offer you this which is a fraction of what you actually uh -huh. generated. And then when you don't take that, they try to ruin you. They try to ruin you. But you gotta be cautious, cautious of that. But as long as I know my purpose and where I'm going as far as like where my brand is going and where I want yeah. to represent it, because I always want to grow. Like I'm not ever gonna stay stagnant. Like these stories right here are easy to tell, right? Because I can tell black love and stuff like that. But where do I get in the nuances of making this complex? I'll make it sci-fi and make this make these same stories on another planet. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? That's all they are, a bank heist and we on another planet and we driving away. That's where the money comes in. Like right now you'll probably never see another Ben Stiller movie or somebody like that or Adam Sandler stuff because some of the stuff just doesn't work no more for the audience that you on. But you got an avatar or Fast and the Furious that got billions and billions of yeah. dollars of, of, a, of a specific way to write. I, why not write like that? I don't have to worry about writing uh, Malik on the corner with the pistol waiting to get the drop. Yeah, we know, we know those stories. We, know those we, stories. we lived those stories. We lived those stories. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. like, tell that no more. But, you know, and I, I'm not knocking to say it's not wrong because it's a different vantage point on how you spin it. Because every story is told. Like, every, every story is the same over and over and over again. Like, my chasing, I wrote Chasing Cash. Chasing Cash is the same format as Last Dragon. You know what I mean? Guy meets girl. Uh, girl is, is higher standard. Guy doesn't make nothing. 
You know what I mean? Evil guy comes in, which is showing up or something like that. <laughs> and my shit, this was cash. You know what I'm saying? But the stories is all the telling. If I want to write, like literally, I could teach you. If I want to write a, if I want to write a horror movie, right? I need a, I need a monster and I need a house. That's it. If we talking about Jaws, Jaws is the monster. The house was the water. You right. know what I'm saying? Like. Any of those things. Yeah, can, certain things. Certain things about creationism are, uh, when it comes to content, are just tried and true. Uh-huh. And then you, we're just all doing our individual interpretation of some standard that's like already been set to right. a certain degree. Yep. Yep. And that's all it is. All, all like you're not reinventing the wheel with this. Like I'm not reinventing the wheel with this. Tyler did the same exact thing. I just didn't. I didn't resonate with putting a black man in a dress. And I'm not knocking it. Whatever yeah, yeah, creative, yeah. Whatever creative process that he had. Got, him, he got him to a billion. Yeah, he got him to a billion. I ain't knocking it. You know what I mean? And that was his way to say, yo, I can, I can resonate with my audience that way. And I took the same way. I was like, damn, what could I do? And that's when I created Bernard and Tony, which is Jermaine and Skeet's character. And it's like, I can literally take this. I can already got networks offers to pitch that, to take this whole idea, to take it. But it's like, mm-hmm. what do I do with it? You know what I mean? And I, I have time. Yeah, how do you develop the cinematic universe around it to make Maybe. it where it's like syndication worthy? Because yeah. I think like something that Tyler Perry has told us, he, um, when he does interviews, the limited media that he does do, mm-hmm. he drops so many gems and gives us so much information yeah. that where it's like, if you're in that same creative space as him, it automatically takes your brain to a different place where it's like, I need to be coming through the door with guaranteed syndication yep. because that's the forever money. How yeah. do we create generational wealth? Yeah. We take our stories and we we negotiate for guaranteed syndication that's out it. the gate. That's it. Like if I get guaranteed syndication, then all the hard work that I've done up this far made it all worth it, right? Yeah. No matter what this is, I got this. My kids can my kids can benefit off this. My kids' kids can benefit off benefit off this because they the industry right now is in a strike right now. I'm independent right now. You know, yeah. I'm not SAG. I'm independent, so which I could be SAG if I wanted to. I just didn't really want to depress to get to that level yet because I still wanted to be my independent route right now to kind of figure that out first. Because if I build my audience how I'm building it right now, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be a space for this where that bag is a lot bigger than than what I'm expecting to get right now. And I'll, exactly. take, I'll take that. I'm not in nobody's rush any, in any way. Like I, what I do is it's printing for me because I'm not in it for the money right now. I'm in it for, because I enjoy telling stories. I enjoy writing. If I can do this for free and I can, I can do this and I could actually pull everybody for free if I had the resources, I would dump everybody in here for free or a reasonable price, not to say my ticket price is not reasonable, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I would make it like so that people can come and show it because it's, it's bigger than that for me. Right. You know what I mean? So. I can I can be patient with certain things in the industry because they get tricky and you end up getting swindled or talked into a deal or a situation that really not beneficial for you or your craft that you're doing it for. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We see it all the day. We see it all the time with artists, with artists, um, with doing that type of thing. You know, yeah. you get stuck in a deal where now I'm stuck in this and now how do I get out of it? You know what I mean? And I don't never want to go that route. And to your point about being independent, that kind of gives, you know, when there is a situation where there's a SAG strike, SAG after strike, and then the writer's strike, and then the actor's strike, uh-huh. now it creates more of a of a premium for independent creators that yep. aren't a part of that ecosystem because we're still working yep. while they're on strike. And they're thriving. Now we're only at the pool of what they have right now. And they're stuck because pretty soon they're going to run out of content. They're going to run out of content. You know what I mean? For me, I can just I can keep putting up content, content and just produce certain things. I like where I'm not hamstrung 
where yeah. I can't use the industry things that I could use to do it. But in the meantime, while they're on, and this is my adage of it, while they're on strike right now, they sitting back and they can actually watch me. You know what I mean? And exactly. Like, Who is this? Like, you know what I mean? Now I have a place where right now it's the perfect storm where people kind of know me in the industry of my name and, and my, my name supersedes myself of how good I am in the industry with my pen and writing and like how I know how to do all this. Whereas like now I can have certain people in the industry now that is still, they can sit back and just watch me. And now it's like, oh, we got some talent over here that we is unscathed. Let me pull him over. And that's how some of my big network um, development stuff end up coming about where I end up in some of these rooms. And there's multiple networks yeah. that are, you know what I mean, that you, gotta, that you gotta pay apps for, you know what I mean, to get on those things. So now it's like the perfect time for me to strike now. And you know, I get offered in and now it's like, now I got content after content mm -hmm. written. And it's like, now I'm ready now. I just, door, I took that whole pandemic to say, okay, I can't do this. So how, I can't do a live show right now. So how do I pivot from here? And I just start stockpiling on ideas. And then I turn those ideas into scripts. And yeah. then I just sat right there and I just curated every last one of them. And I was like, up, oh, put that in the bowl. Up, oh, put that right there. And I just got so many things from different series to movies. So, but the stage plays, stages is where I'm at. Like, I, I can't wait. I re remember walking into recently, I walked into Jacarius Johnson's um, Set It Off. Shout out to Jacarius Johnson, one of the, one of my, like, people that I admire in this play game that is black. He's from Houston, and I watch him do it. But he did Set It Off, and I walked in there at the Met, and I was like, yeah, this is for me. This is, this is, this is, yeah. this is for me. And I'm just watching him do Set It Off, put the truck on there, hopping up and down. I'm like, yeah. And at that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm on the right path. This is where I'm at, and this is where I'm building. And now I can see the momentum from it now with right. you know, everybody around and everybody just like just latching on to it now. Like now I have so many people that just unlimited resources now. I can get pretty much, you know, get done because people just like, damn, I like with this man, yeah. this black man. And I got, I got a positive, like, I'm a positive guy. Like I'm, anybody you meet me, I'm, I'm infectious. Like I'll do anything that you want me to do. You know what I mean? I'm that guy. You know what I mean? So I'm helping out. So you see my relationships go full circle when it comes to this stuff. Absolutely. Um, kind of starting to wrap up a little bit. Um, we talk a lot on TRP about being mission driven. And that was like a concept that was introduced to us uh, by a good friend of ours, Kevin Harden Jr., who's official lawyer of TRP, number uh -huh. one attorney in Philadelphia. And he just talks about, you know, the fact of like when you have a mission and you're mission driven, you don't compromise the, the goal of the business because you do everything with that mission in mind. So you don't take opportunities that don't fit your ethics yep. of what you're trying to do. With that being said, what is the mission of Brad Baker Productions? If the dream's not bigger than you, it's not big enough. And that's just my mantra. You really have to dream big. Like, think outside. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Out of the box, like, Brad Baker Productions is built on a, a dream and an idea that I didn't think that was possible, right? I didn't, I didn't know anything about stage plays. I had no clue about the industry, but it just was a seed that was planted in me. And my biggest thing that I do, even with my actors and everybody around me, I always say it to hear all the time. I say, raise the motherfucking stakes, raise the stakes. Yeah. And that's where I'm at with it as far as everything, production, producing wise, even putting on a show, marketing, raise the stakes. And as long as I have that mentality of people around me that want to raise the stakes, sky's the limit of where this is going to go because there's no ceiling for it. Because once we hit it, oh, we hit here, now we're not plateauing. How can we get from here to here? And that's pretty much 
where I, I falter in. Brian Baker Productions is in that, in that nice little pocket where I have the audience and now it's starting to build uh, the attention that it's supposed to with the audiences and people around me. So yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm so excited like of all the stuff to come, man, because it's just, I just know, like I told you before, like we talked before, I just, I just wholeheartedly just, just believe, you know right. what I mean? Just, I just know, like, I know it, like. Well, we appreciate your time today, Brad, man. Thank you for, you know, for, for using us to profile man, I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm humble, man. I appreciate this, man. <laughs> using like, us to profile you, talk about everything that you got going on, remind the people when the play is going on, where they can find the tickets, um, and what they can expect uh, when, when Till Death Do Us Part uh, takes place here in Philadelphia. Till Death Do Us Part, the stage play. I, I can't speak volumes on how you gotta get your tickets and come see the show, just how fire the, sh the production. This will be, if you've never been to Broadway, this will be your first experience of, you heard of Broadway shows, this will be your first experience of an actual Broadway ready production. And I have a phenomenal talented cast um, starring uh, Jermaine Dolly, Skeet Carter, uh, Dawn Adams, uh, Jerome Scott, uh, v, uh, D, uh, Dion, uh, Vitamin D. I have Milan in it. I have Saw. I got Leon in it. My man Carlos in it. Uh, directed by Walter the Shields. I'm trying to figure out if I missed anybody. I got my two couples. Don't, oh, Jordan. Oh, Jordan is phenomenal. She's an amazing actress. I don't even know why she's not on TV. Jordan, I have a phenomenal crew that has been working so hard around the clock to make this work. Go get your tickets to see Till Death Do Us Part. It's September 14th through the 17th. Um, you are going to be over delivered on what you get. And I always do that. The experience that you're going to get is, is going to be a breath of fresh air for the city. And you're going to be looking for more, more content and more things like this to go around. So I'm super excited for y'all. I'm even more excited for y'all to see Saw on stage yeah. in Milan. <laughs> Milan is smoking it when it comes to acting. I can't wait because I hope that she, she transitions from, from clothing to try to get into the acting and yeah. get, get in front of the camera a little more. She's, she works so hard and she had her schedule up. But you guys are in for a treat. Um, I cannot stress it so much more. Get your tickets. Um, if you can't support me, go out. Just, just, just like, comment, share it. Anything helps, man, just to, to drive this engine in a positive right. way. You know what I mean? Just get your tickets. Go to bradbakerproductions.net. You will not regret it. It's going to feel like you're on a virtual trip to Jamaica. From the time you walk <laughs> in this building, Chad sees the building. We're in the theater now. Yeah. Chad sees building it. is amazing. The building crazy. is crazy. So, like, so it's, it's, a it's real hidden gem here in Philly, man. Yeah, yeah, right man. on the Avenue of the Arts. Man, but I thank you, man. TRP, you guys. Um, shout out to Matt. Matt couldn't be here, man. I really appreciate it. I know Matt want to be here. I know Matt always working and stuff like that, man. But I appreciate y'all, man. From the bottom of my heart, you guys do a lot of pulling strings. And I know you from the back end, bro. You've, you've done so much for me, bro, throughout my career. And not only that, from our friendship to my business and where I'm transitioning to actually be one of the people that believe just as much as I believe in me. And I, I can't thank you more for letting me have hey, man, I'm humble, bro. Free, thank man. you. So <laughs> thank you for this, man. Well, C. Diddy, Brad Baker, Big Dan behind the cam. Get y'all tickets September 14th to the 17th, bradbakerproductions.net. Till Death Do Us Part, the stage play, starring all of these phenomenal people. You do not want to miss it, man. This is going to be a crown jewel for the city of Philadelphia going forward, man. Broadway level play taking place right here at the Suzanne Roberts Theater. Get y'all tickets today. Get them today. Let's go. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. 
So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> 